want to share a simple word this morning, but uh, hopefully a, a word that will encourage you and break open your life. Um, I just need to use it quickly. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am a spirit. I am not a soul. I have a soul. And I am not a body. I live in a body. Amen. I am a spirit. I have thirsty here. Let's call him, let's call him us. And I have oasis. Let's call him God. Because he's an oasis. He's full. This guy's thirsty, but he has water. Okay. So now I'm going to take God. And I'm going to take us, or our spirit. Can you separate Holy Spirit and our spirit? They become one. If you want a scripture for that, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I think it's verse 17. When we join to the Lord, we become one spirit. Amen? We become one with the Lord. So we're one spirit with the Lord. But we do have a soul and we do have a body. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, very difficult to understand, but the Father is a person, Jesus is a person, Holy Spirit is a person, but one God. Amen. There's not many grants. One grant, well, there is another grant, wherever he is. But this grant, but I'm made up of three, body, soul, and spirit. But when we give our lives to Jesus, when we give our lives to God, we become one Spirit with Him. Amen. So we're spirit beings, we're one with Him. And God's wanting us to flow and to move in the Spirit. So all that we've been talking about, we've been sharing about, all the stuff that we, we come together on a Sunday and we talk about is meant to flow in the Spirit. It's how it's outworked. Amen. We can try and live in the flesh. We can try and operate in the flesh, but the truth is there's no real power in the flesh. The best that you can do in the flesh is entertain or harp. So I can entertain and I can harp you this morning, or I can ask Holy Spirit to come and for things to flow and to move in the Spirit because there's power in the Spirit of God. Amen. So we have an understanding as we've been flowing, as we've been speaking, as we've been talking about what God's showing us as a church. We've been talking about the wine of Jesus Christ, a whole new wine skin, a whole new understanding that's busy happening. And that wine skin is the family. And we're wanting this new wine to flow in family. How God is emphasizing at this time, it's so important that, that He moves and then He flows from family, that it's not just about us. So we sing songs, I know they stretch us, and we sing songs, and we often speak and declare and preach about dying to self, about 
about it. It's such a joy to give up my life so that I can find it in Him, so that His life can be revealed, so His life can flow, and that life flows in family. The greatest illustration understanding of that that we've got is this whole picture of a body with one heart. The heart feeds the whole body and it flows into every single area. And as long as the heart is free, as long as the heart is full, as long as the heart is Christ, then it moves into every single area and every single area develops and grows and you have this incredibly functioning and very beautiful body that's able to reach out and to achieve and to do all that God's called it to do. Amen. And the key thing in all of that, although it's beautiful that we've got a heart, is that Christ is also the head. So he's directing, he's leading, he is speaking, and whatever he's doing and he's saying, it flows, right? So what I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about waiting upon the Lord. I want to talk about a life that's yielded to Holy Spirit. The reason why I want to share a little bit about it is because I do think that there's far too much of the children of God operating in the flesh instead of the Spirit. There's far too much flesh going on in churches instead of the Holy Spirit moving. So I hope we can unpack that this morning in the time that we've got. And just share a couple of truths. I'm going to quickly go through some scriptures in the Bible. If you can go to Psalms, if you've got your phones, then get your thumbs flicking. If you've got your Bible, then get your, the pages turning. Let's just quickly start Psalm 25, uh, verse 5. It said, lead me. In your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Thank God that he doesn't make us wait all day long. He knows we're not the most patient of people. But the psalmist is saying, it's in you that I find everything, my salvation. So it's for you that I wait. Amen. Amen. See, I can stand up here and declare a whole bunch of stuff and declare the word and say, this is what the word says, whatever, and I can stir you up. You can grab hold of the word and you can begin to declare the word and the principles of God will operate. Or I can wait on him because he is my salvation. Then I get more than I bargained for. I don't just get the answer to my prayer, I get him. And when I get him, I get everything. Let me say it like this. Do you know why we have fear? We have fear because we think we're in control. Do you know why a sunset can lose its value? Because we think we're in control. See, every sunset and every sunrise is beautiful in its time. 
But Lord, what I'm needing to see happen is, and I need it by the end of today. I haven't got time to look at your sunset. Lord, I've prayed, and I'm believing you, and it needs to come now. Now I'm really getting stressed out. I'm getting worried. I didn't know you were in control. I thought he was. Every sunrise and every sunset is beautiful in its time because he's in control. Let me say it like this. Eternity is not in God. God is eternity. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was crucified before the foundations of the world. Wow. That means there was a conference going on, and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit chatted about it and decided that Jesus Christ was going to die on your and my behalf. Why? Because he saw that Adam would sell out, so he paid the price and bought us before we sold out. Who's in control? Come on. Correct. Ding, you get it right. <laughs> He's got this church. Those that wait upon the Lord. I really believe felt like the Lord say this year, nothing is impossible. But I said to you, what goes with that is prayer. I saw that ladder and I saw the angels going up and down, up and down the ladder. Jesus Christ becomes our ladder. But I just saw prayers going up and answers to prayers coming down. I just saw the incredible flow of the prayers of the saints. But I want to encourage the people of God. I want to encourage the body. I want to encourage the 247 family this morning, that prayer in itself has no power. Because Muslims pray. Hindus pray. Unbelievers pray. See, prayer in the presence of the Lord is powerful. I don't pray from my flesh, I pray from my spirit. My spirit and his spirit have become one. We don't just wait, we wait upon the Lord. Just Psalm 37. If you're moving along in your Bibles quickly, Psalm 37, verse 7, says this, Psalm 37, verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself over the, the one who prospers in His way, over the man who carries out evil devices. 
Don't fret, just be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Why do we have to be still and wait patiently for Him? Until He calls you. Because He's a king. We're going, we're going to drift through Psalm, but let me just go to Psalm 80. Psalm 80, I'll just quickly go there. Psalm 80, if you go to verse 18, if you're in your Bibles, or just listen. When we shall not turn back from you, give us life, and we will call upon your name. Give us life, and we will call upon your name. Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 4. Draw me unto you and we can run together. Draw and then we run. Quicken me so I can call. Let me just keep going through um, Psalms. Psalm 40, go to Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. This is a beautiful, Psalm 40 is a very beautiful psalm. I waited patiently for him and he inclined to me and heard my cry. So there's something about being still and there's something about waiting patiently. Now we've heard many sermons, people have preached many things about waiting and about being still. As far as my knowledge and my understanding as I've studied the Hebrew word there, being still simply means, wait for it, be still. It's amazing. It just means be still. And wait on the Lord, it means, wait for it, it means to Wait. Have you ever been somewhere where you have to wait? If you sit in a doctor's room, you have to wait. My favorite is sitting in a gynecologist's room. But we'll wait for the gynecologist. We'll wait for the doctor. We'll wait in the queue at the post office or the bank. But we won't wait. Someone's very quiet. Let me carry on reading. <laughs> Psalm 40 is brilliant. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. This is literally, this is a little synopsis of what happens when we wait before the Lord. He drew me up from the pit of destruction. God drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? The one we know very well, obviously, is um, Psalm 46. If you read verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Keep going. Psalm 62. For God alone, for God alone, my soul 
waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. Just for the sake of it, to give you another one, I saw 130. Let's just go to Psalm 130. Just reading from, let's read from verse just five, maybe five and six. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. Just in case you never got it. For the watchmen, more than what? More than watchmen for the morning. How many of you have ever been a watchman? If you've been a watchman, whether you were in the army and back in those days or wherever you uh, had the privilege of being a watchman or whether that's what you do and you guard something and you're a watchman, trust me, you really, really, really are looking forward to the morning. Because the night time's difficult, you're trying to concentrate, you can't see, it's dark. So morning is when everything is clear and you feel relief. So just as a watchman waits for the morning, so we wait with anticipation, with hope. I love this here. It says, um, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His Word, I hope. Isn't that beautiful? And then obviously, I want us to go to Isaiah. I think we know where we're going in that one. While you are going where we want to go, <laughs> I haven't given you the, the reference yet. Just go to Isaiah 30 um, and verse 18. I just want to drop this out. Isaiah 30 verse 18. It says, therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. Wow. The Lord waits to be gracious to you. He wants to give you grace. He's waiting to be gracious to you. He wants to give you mercy. He wants to bring justice. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. There's a waiting, and God is waiting. Okay, Isaiah 40. Let's go to verse 28. Let's start at verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. It's just letting you know who he is. Have you not heard? He is the creator. He's the everlasting God. He does not faint or grow weary. God does not get tired. His understanding is unsearchable. He knows everything. He gives power 
to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. No. My page jumped. Okay. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even the youths, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Even the youths. That means even the youths. That means nobody can boast their strength is not enough. Even if you're young and powerful and awesome, Yes, the young man, Warren, even your youthfulness shall faint and grow weary and be exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Just as a side issue very quickly here, isn't it interesting in the spiritual realm versus in the natural realm that they run before they walk? The reason why you run is to catch up to God so that you can walk with Him. See, and they're waiting here for the Lord. Because he's going to renew their strength. There's a renewed strength that happens here when we wait upon the Lord. And they're gonna mount up on wings. See, when we wait on the Lord and Holy Spirit comes, he causes us to mount up on wings. He takes us to places where the wind is strong. He takes us to places where you can see. Your vision changes. We catch up to God because He's spirit. And we are spirit. And when we catch up to Him in the realms of the spirit, we are renewed, we are strengthened, we are invigorated, we are envisioned. We are empowered with the winds of the Spirit and we can begin to walk with Him and not get tired. Now see, this isn't a place of visitation. This is a place where you and I are supposed to dwell. My favorite psalm, but he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. It's a place where we're supposed to dwell. If you don't live in this place of waiting upon the Lord, of staying in communion, in union with Him, you will end up beginning to hide from God. Not hide in God. 
So I want to encourage us and I wanted to share a couple of quick thoughts around this because I think it's one of the most attacked areas in the life of the people of God. And also we've got a little blase. Can, can I say this very quickly? Let me just say this. Anytime, anything, anything that's preached or anything that's taught to you, anything that's given to you as some kind of input or theology in terms of God, if it takes away from the fear of the Lord, it's not the gospel. There's so much going on. And I love it. And I, I, I'm trying to be a young oak and, and I'm trying to listen to my son and what I must wear and what I must do and all of that. I'm trying to be a young oak. But friends, let me just encourage you with this. I am never going to call God but. Hey, but. Show me. Friends, anything that takes away from the fear of the Lord is not the gospel. Because he is God, and he is my friend, and he is my savior, but he is my Lord. And he is the creator of heaven and earth. And when he comes, friends, people crash into carpets, face first. Friends, this is not a bless me, my gospel. This is a surrender gospel. He's for us. He wants the best for us, friends. And everything that he has, he's already blessed us. Do you know we have every spiritual blessing in Christ? Ephesians chapter one. Do you know that's already ours, given? In the same way that Christ died before the foundations of the world, where did he die? He died in the heart of the Father. He made a decision and a choice way before Friends, he determined and he predestined it and he set it in place. And he's blessed us in spiritual places with every spiritual blessing before. God declared it, it is already in place. But where is it in place? Turn to your partner or the person next to you and say, I am a spirit. I am not a soul. I have a soul. I'm not a body. I live in a body. Where has it taken place? In the spirit. So we are called to live in the spirit. If we be made alive in the spirit, then walk in the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're not called to live in the flesh, we're called to live in the spirit. So as the people of God, I'll pull this all together now, as the people of God, what we are called to do, friends, is, well, let me, let me give you this example. How many of you have cell phones? Okay, don't even put up your hands. All of you have cell phones, okay. You all have cell phones. How many of you make sure you plug your cell phone into the wall to make sure that the battery's charged? Patty, do you do it? Sort of. And I just thought, Patty, probably, nah, not really. But how many of you? How many of you is quite a high priority? How many think life is a disaster if you don't plug your, how many of you are kind of like, you stare at your cell phone, whatever, <gasps> like life is ending. I only have 3% battery life. What am I gonna do for the rest of the day? What's gonna happen? 
It's the end of the world. I have 3%. How many of you spend time with the Lord with the same passion? How many know that you also have a battery life? How many know that wait upon the Lord and I renew my strength? How many know if I don't plug my battery in, I lose my strength? So spending time in the Spirit helps me to be able to flow and to operate and to walk in the Spirit. And I'm called to do that because that's who I am. I want to live in that realm. See, because I've made a choice to be love and to love. But I have to come from a place of the Spirit because in my flesh I'm going to battle. Because I've only got five fingers and I'm going to chew them and bite them trying to love until they're all sore and I haven't got any more. And then I'm going to snap. So you see, we have to spend time and wait upon the Lord. Now, how does that happen? I've read all these scriptures for one quick purpose to share this with you. I shared, if you haven't got the fear of the Lord, then I, I challenge whether it's the gospel. And I said, stuff just gets thrown out at us. This stuff just gets thrown at us. They go, you know what? It's no problem. Just speak to the Lord while you're in the car. Don't worry, it's busy. Life is busy. I, I know we're all, we don't have time for that. We do have time for our favorite program. We do have time to go to gym. We do have time to go to the supermarket and buy our healthy food. But we don't have time because we're very busy. So you can just talk to the Lord while you're in the car. Honestly, this morning I brought my nice brown shoes. What I've just preached now needs gumboots. Because that stuff is flowing deep here. If that's the garbage that is the people of God we believe. I just talk to the Lord. Friends, you talk to the Lord in your car when you have a relationship. See, when you have a relationship with God, then you can talk wherever you are. Because the Bible says we pray Build yourself up, Jude 24. Build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Pray continually in the Spirit. Friends, we are called to pray in the Spirit continually. The way we can pray continually in the Spirit is when we have a relationship with Him so that we can pray. Because you can't pray to someone you don't have a relationship with or who you don't know. Amen. There's a key here. So the couple of keys very quickly is, number one, John chapter 15 verse seven says this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask whatever. Friends, you have to be abiding in him and his word so that you can pray, get to know him. And as we get to know him, we're able to pray to the one we know. And then when we pray to the one we know, we're able to enter into Worship. The word, prayer, and worship. They're all keys in a relationship and fellowship and abiding in Christ. They're all keys to living in the Spirit. 
So having said that now, when I come before him every single day, friends, every single day, I need to have that time with him. And the Bible says we have to find a place where we can be still. Jesus himself had to draw aside to a deserted place, a quiet place. He went up the mountain. Friends, why don't you just go around the corner behind a bush? He went up the mountain so he could find a place where he could be still, a place where he could wait upon the Lord. Because friends, we sit and we wait upon God for him to come. And the reason why we sit and we wait, friends, is because we have to move out of the fleshly realm through the soul realm into the spiritual realm where we are one with him. So what happens when you sit there in the flesh? You start to rattle off all the scriptures and whatever and your prayer list. Now there's nothing wrong with that because the Bible does say that we can bring our petitions before the Lord. But you sit there and you rattle it off and you've talked whatever and you exhausted yourself and you go, okay, thank you Jesus, amen, and we walk off. We've just missed the whole point of encountering God in that very moment. Because we, all we've done is do a whole lot of talking. We're still in the flesh, friends. And let me just encourage you with this. If you operate from a place of the flesh, friends, there is no power. This word needs to be quickened in order for there to be power. You can regurgitate this word over and over and over again and the people of God have done that and they stand there and it's like a mantra. By Jesus stripes I'm healed, by Jesus stripes I'm healed, by Jesus stripes I'm healed and you die of the sickness. Because it's not just about by Jesus stripes I'm healed, friends. That is the word of the Lord and the word is a person. Not, friends, when you think of the word, do you think of this book? Or do you think of a person, his name is Jesus. The word is living and active. And when I pray and I release, I release faith in a living and active person, his name is Jesus, I'm not regurgitating something. That's why when I come and I give him a list of my prayers, friends, they're not just a list, okay, thank you, done that, okay, let's get up, no. I sit and I wait upon the Lord because he calls me into his presence. I don't just barge in, friends, because he's king. And I let him come. And unless the Lord draws me, and while I'm waiting there, friends, my flesh is under attack. What I guarantee you right now, when you go sit there and you do your thing in your prayer time and you're sitting there before the Lord, I guarantee you suddenly you get hungry. You know what I just need? Uh, there's leftovers in the fridge. I'm sure we had that steak last night and we left half over. If it's my fridge, whatever, it's gone already because Connor's eaten it. But <laughs> the rest of you, maybe it's still there. And you like, you know what, I'll just go get a steak. So you just go to the fridge, open it, whatever, open the Tupperware, cut a little piece, have a little, oh, there's a bit of, a bit of cheese, maybe a couple of chips. Let's go back and sit before the Lord. You're just starting again because we're waiting for him upon the Lord. We've got to still and quieten ourselves down because he's gonna draw us, because Holy Spirit's gonna woo us. See, Jesus has become our everything, but let me give you a little analysis quickly of the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God designed the tabernacle. What happened with the tabernacle very, very quickly is in the tabernacle there was a gate. It was a curtain, but there was a gate, 
Then it had linen all the way around with poles um, that were around it. And then as you came through the gate, inside the gate, there was the altar of sacrifice. And then there was the laver. The altar of sacrifice and the laver were made of brass. That was called the outer court. Then you'd walk up to the, the, this other little section, um, which was made up of two parts. The holy of holies and the holy place, right? In that entrance there, there was a, another uh, op gate. You can make offerings for atonement once a year. Let me quickly give you this quick analogy. It's very good. We haven't got time this morning. But when you come to the gate, when you come to the gate, it's made up of four colors. It's made up of, of uh, purple. It's made up of, of um, blue, uh, white, and scarlet or red. There's so much in that. But guess what? Jesus is the gate. He is the door. But you know what the Jews call that, that gate? It's called the way. As you come in to the outer court and you come to the next doorway, which takes you in to the, um, that, the, the, the part with the holy of holies and the holy place, guess what that's called, that gate, that opening? The truth. Do you know that little section there? Do you know that it's made up of 48 pillars? Do you know what 48 is a multiple of? 12. Do you know what 12 symbolizes? 12 tribes of Israel? The church? You can't do. You can't move in what God's called you to do without the church. And this, when you come through the last one, just to finish the analogy, and you go into the Holy of Holies, what is that doorway called? The life. Jesus stands up there and says before the people and all the Jews and all the Pharisees, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And they want to stone him. Why do they want to stone him? Because he's just said he is the temple. But when you come through and you encounter God, Get born again, friends. The first place that you encounter is the altar of sacrifice. And it's made of brass because brass in the Bible is suffering. When you come before the Lord, friends, you come to that place, friends, that's where you die. That's where you yield yourself. That's where you come to the end of yourself. That's where you consecrate yourself. That's where uh, you break. Not me, not my will, but your will be done. When you break at that place, friends, you move on to the labor. The labor is what? The Word of God. This is a process, friends. It doesn't happen one little moment. It happens every single day is a process in our lives, friends, of encountering Him. After we've gone through that, friends, we step into the next thing. The next thing is we have the, the, the um, you've now gone into the arena inner court. Guess what happens in the inner court? There's no brass. There's acacia and it's overlaid with gold. Acacia wood, friends, overlaid with gold. See, when you come into that understanding, friends, I may be a, a little frail vessel. I may just be acacia wood, but I am overlaid with gold. And then you look and you see this beautiful 
lampstand of the light of God. As it comes and penetrates, friends, I get revelation, I get discernment, I get understanding of who I really am. His light comes onto my life and shines forth and helps me to understand the price that he paid, all this, the whole thing is Jesus, by the way. And then I turn to the table of showbread where Romans chapter 12, verse one comes into being. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. This is your reasonable worship. We can linger a little bit there and realize, friends, the presenting of your bodies, physical, is actually spiritual worship. Friends, why do you think God loves to get involved in, in your businesses, in your life, and everything that you do? It's worship. He does want to bless you. He wants to prosper you because he, he, it's a big part of our lives, working, doing stuff. It's our spiritual worship, friends, when I present my life, my body, my everything to Him, and I come to that place. And then, friends, when I've come to that place, I waited upon the Lord, and He inclined His ear and heard my cry, and He lifted me he drew me up out of the pit of destruction and out of the bog. And he set my feet upon the rock and made my steps secure. And he gave me a new song unto the Lord. Praises unto our God, the altar of incense is worship. Where now he gives me a new song, friends. I believe with all my heart, and I believe this, and I wanna say this carefully, but I wanna encourage every single one of you. I understand about church, I understand about the platform, I understand that we have to have a group of singers, I understand that we have to have a worship leader, I understand that that's, there's some practicalities to that, friends. But the danger of all of that is entertainment, one. The second thing is, friends, is they do most of the work, we just sit there and it's all lacquer, Versus when you come into the spiritual realm, friends, it's not them leading, it's us leading. And it's not just about the worship leader who's standing up there going, I've moved into the realms now and I'm seeing a bright light and I'm seeing a shiny green thing and, and so let's just sing, we see a shiny green thing. It's the rest of us who are also stepped into the realm of the spirit and I'm seeing, oh, I know what that green thing is, it's a rainbow. And then we begin to sing, it's a rainbow. See, what God always wanted was not a whole bunch of people entertaining, but the whole group of us, friends, worshiping Him in the realm of the Spirit and allowing the Spirit of God to flow, friends. Not a separation between stage and off the stage, but us one together, just flowing together. The, the wineskin is family. Family worshiping Him, friends, where they actually stop, we don't stop. We begin to sing, we begin to declare, we begin to add the songs and, the, and the, the lines and the words to the songs, friends, of what he's singing because we've entered into a place now where we're becoming one with him, friends, because the next step is into the place where he is. The holy place, friends, the ark, friends. It's where we are one, we're in union, communion, we're in fellowship, we're in love. We're full, friends, he's filling us, friends, where we know who we are, where there's an empowering it's invigorating, friends, where we can begin to declare and speak, where we become the extension of his body. 
As I live in that place, friends, I become his hand. I become his foot, friends. I bec- uh, the Holy Spirit begins to work, friends, where I become just an instrument of Holy Spirit. Not me asking Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? But me just becoming an instrument and Holy Spirit just working through my life. That's the place that God's called us to, friends. That's the place that God's called the whole church to operate in, friends. It comes from a place of intimacy, a place of fellowship. It comes from waiting upon the Lord. Friends, and as I land this morning, because I'm way over time, I'm sure, yes, the, the reality is, friends, as we come to that place, that beautiful place, friends, I understand that we live busy lives. I understand, friends, that we, it's difficult, but friends, we have to first find the time to draw aside. And I, I'm put up my hand guilty. I, I spent the last three days just crying, saying, dear God, I don't value your presence enough that I can shut the door and say, anybody comes in here, I'll punch you. In Jesus' name. Because it's nice, oh, we just sit there, friends, and people come and, hey, sorry, I just need this. Hey, what you doing? Oh, lacquer, whatever. No, this is time with the Lord. No interruptions, zero interruptions. This is my time. If you can't find another place, go and sit in the cupboard and close the door, whatever, and that. And... Do you know why the rabbis do this? Because this is a fading old glory, friends. Because, but they understand and they know to wait until he speaks, until he moves, friends. Do you know what happened with the children of Israel? Do you know one of the saddest things that happened with the children of Israel when they traveled through the wilderness? Do you know what happened? These guys, do you know a a guy called Amalek? And these people were Amalekites. Do you know what the Amalekites did? The Malachites did is they went around, friends, with the stragglers, the people right at the back that would just hang around and they would take them out and they would kill all the stragglers. You know what Amalek means? It means an evil heart of doubt. It means spiritual blindness. Friends, what the church Israel had to do was stay under the cloud. They had to keep up with what God, where God was, not straggle, friends, not not know what's going on, get spiritually blind, begin to doubt and become a straggler and get taken out. But we have to stay in his presence, friends. We have to linger there. And so we come before him and we sit there, friends. And this one I wanna encourage us as a church quickly, some practical things. Bottom line is, friends, it is magnificent to play some music. Music that you play, music that you really encounters your heart. There's some songs I play, friends, and I just start crying. That's the ones you want. No head-banging music. I'm talking about beautiful music. Friends, does God need it? No. But I can promise you right now, until we can get to that place of maturity where we don't need it, most of us need to create an atmosphere. It's why we do when we come to church and we have all of this, friends, is to create an atmosphere. You can change atmospheres, friends, but atmosphere is important to you, not to God. That's why as I'm preaching now, you put people here in, front, in the front that don't like me or people in the front here that have a problem with me or they've got issues and what have you, friends, it will hinder. 
because they're creating a negative atmosphere. I don't believe what you're saying. And you wonder why men and women of God, they get so upset and say, excuse me, can you just go out to the back or can you just go sit over there? And we go, oh, how rude. How, no, he actually is so passionate about the presence of the Lord. This guy's disrupting the presence of the Lord. I'm using Connor because he's my son. So just, just so everybody who's on the, listening to us doesn't get it wrong. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because it's an atmosphere, friends. Atmosphere is very important for the presence of God to move and to flow, friends. Not for him, for us, because he flows through us. So we create the right atmosphere by going and finding a quiet place and then put some music on, put some beautiful worship that we can encounter him, that we can sit there and allow him to soak, friends. And then we've got to fight and push through all the little things of I'm hungry or, you know what, did I turn the stove off or do you know what, what I should do right now is quickly go and check my emails because they're very important and somebody important might have sent me an email. Or you know what, really now, what I need to do is just put my phone next to me while I'm, so I can just push it and go, Oh, I got a WhatsApp. Oh, that's, oh, yes, so and so. I know God doesn't mind. Let me quickly answer that WhatsApp. Yes. No, I will come to your house for tea. Thank you. Take this phone, put it somewhere where it's not going to interrupt you, and be still and wait upon the Lord because he wants to draw you. He wants you to come into his presence. He wants you to break. He wants to empower and strengthen you as you surrender your life, your body, your all. He wants you to move from the flesh into the realm of the spirit where you are one with him, where nothing is impossible. Where people can outrun chariots. I'm telling you now, we're moving into this arena, friends, and the people that will pay the price are going to walk in it. Elisha is faster than a chariot, friends. You know how fast a chariot is? It's like a Ferrari. And there's a man just going. (laughs) How does one do that? How are you able to just whoop? Because there's... You know, in, 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 in um, 2 Corinthians 12, Paul said, I know a man who went up to the third heaven. I don't know if he was in his body or not. Why, was he, why did he say that? Because he was disconnected. He didn't actually know. You don't even know. Am I in the flesh? Am I not in the flesh? Am I in the body? I don't, I don't know. Because in that realm, friends, I've just disconnected. I'm now in his realm. I'm now operating with him, friends, in the realm of the spirit, friends. Where I can actually, and I'll, I'll give it a three, where I can be talking in the spiritual realm and, and whatever, and I can just carry on walking, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm not even walking. And that's not, I'm not making that up. Catherine Coleman did that. She walked off the platform, carried on preaching, whatever, and walked all the way back to the platform in the air, friends. It's not stories. Incredible men of God who had to. Uh, uh, um, when they were fixing the church and they had to sort something out, friends, they just flew up to fix it and sort it out and then came back down again. You go, oh, no, that's just weird stuff. No, friends, that's people that have stepped out of the realm of the natural into the spiritual realm. Friends, if it's not concentrated and surrounded by Jesus, then it's demonic. And so we also have the demonic, the counterfeit, where guys are doing crazy, weird stuff. That's demonic. But that's why we have to be surrounded by Jesus. That's why there's a process here where we surrender and we allow Jesus to come. Amen? 
And when he's Lord, I'm operating with him, friends. When my, my wineskin is actually the church, when I'm in love with him and he's in love with me, then when he is in me and I am in him, and we're flowing as one together, friends, then nothing is impossible because I'm operating not on behalf of him. Let me drop out a quick truth here and say this. There's a difference between praying with the Spirit and praying in the Spirit. Oh, I said it, sorry. Shouldn't have said it. There's power, friends, when we are flowing in the Spirit. When the Spirit and us, we're in the realms of where we are one. When He begins to speak and declare, friends, and as I operate in that power, I am His extension. And it's not a weird place, friends. It's a, a relationship with Him. That, when I have that relationship, I can jump in the car and I'm driving through the traffic and I'm talking to Him and communing with Him, friends. I'm in that place. And I can begin to declare. And when I'm in that place, friends, I don't actually have to say something. My presence, Peter's walking down the street and his shadow is healing people. How does that happen? I'm in that place where actually my presence is His presence where I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Meaning the Holy Spirit, I'm just a temple. I'm just a yielded vessel. The Holy Spirit's inside of me. Not me, okay, what are you saying, Holy Spirit? Okay, I'll, I'll get to that, I'll do that, thank you, yes. No, I'm just a yielded vessel. He's just using me. Do we get the difference? There's a massive difference, church. And I'm encouraging every single one of us as the people of God, is that what does happen is that we don't spend any time with God. And then if we come to church, friends, it's very difficult to worship in spirit. When I haven't worshiped in spirit the whole week. So I generally will worship in the flesh and trust the Lord that in the first next couple of songs, oh, something's happening and I'm getting into that realm of the spirit where I can now begin to sing songs where my declaration now is alive and the anointing of God is flowing on it. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. Oh, I've landed. Let me just, I'll share this one scripture just because I can and it's fun. And, uh, and then we're finished. But 1 John chapter 2, I'll just share it. 1 John chapter 2, just read from verse 27. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it taught you, abide in Him. When you get to that realm, friends, where you're abiding in Him, where there's the Holy Spirit and you're one, where the anointing of God is flowing, then He is teaching you about everything. And everything is true. And there is no lie, because there's no demonic, there's no enemy, nobody can get in. The enemy can't get into that place. There's truth. There's anointing, there's power, there's the flow of God, the enemy can't get in. I'm abiding, I'm flowing in him, friends, and now everything is yes and amen. These aren't little prayers that we regurgitate. These are not little promises that we take off the fridge and that we speak. This is the Holy Spirit bringing revelation and causing us to utter utterances and to declare 
where he's hovering. See, God didn't speak until the Holy Spirit was hovering. I'll end with a simple statement. Rather wait upon the Lord until Holy Spirit speaks to you and begins to hover and declare something then spend hours exhausting yourself, declaring every single scripture that you know about a situation. Hoping, dear God, that it will change and that God will do a miracle. Because God is gracious and miracles is what he's, he's all about. And he does amazing things, but he never wanted us to walk like that. He wanted us to walk in the spirit. We are wait, spirit comes, brings revelation, brings Rhema begins to hover, and I begin to declare now, and he then brings that form. Are we getting this? I hope we're getting this. It's way different, church. It's powerful. It's very important. We have to sacrifice and give it time. Otherwise, honestly, we will just be a people full of our heads. We'll stand there. We'll go, woo-woo, and clap and what have you, and then what, what's for us? What's for us? Take the promises, grab hold of them, and claim them for us and for our lives. And friends, it's just not what God is all about. And God, in His gracious mercy, has been tarrying. But trust me, that is about to come to an end. Shall we stand? I honestly wish I could just lay hands on every single one of you and say, done in Jesus' name. But honestly, and I wanna encourage you, Matt, I, I was praying yesterday. I wanna encourage you, I felt the Holy Spirit say this. I know right now in your walk with the Lord, it seems like, you just spend time with him and just cry. And, but I want to encourage you. I saw the Lord building something, and I couldn't see what it was. I said, God, what are you building? And he says, you can't see what I'm building because I'm building a foundation. And the heart of the building will depend on how strong the foundation is. And maybe other people would like to see you go and do this, do that, whatever, and that, and look like you are. But God says, don't, don't worry. You just stay. At my feet, you just stay spending time with me because I'm establishing something, I'm building something. And it's unseen, you can't see it. But what I, what I will do that will be seen will be because of the unseen. And I wanna encourage you, church, maybe you sit there and you think, well, nobody can see what I'm doing. God sees what you're doing. And maybe you feel it's not powerful because it's like, I'm just sitting there like waiting on the Lord, asking him, and, he, and I should be out there doing something. I wanna encourage you, you just wait for the Lord. Because one word under the unction and power of the Holy Spirit is better than a thousand words of repetitive babble. Father, I want to pray for us as a church here today. I, I really believe you're on the threshold of something. I believe you want us to be an oasis.
not just water, but an oasis, Lord, where there's just a well of life so people can come and drink, Lord. Father, you can only take hype, you can only take entertainment for so long, but eventually you get very thirsty. You know, I was sitting there yesterday, and just share this very quickly, and I had a bottle of Oasis water, still water, sitting in front of me. And I just felt like some sparkling water. I said, Lord, I just, I feel like some sparkling water. And he said, sparkling water, son, is just when you take still water. And you give it bubbles and sparkle. He said, it's still, still water. Everything starts with still water. Friends, everything starts with being still. And when you're still and you allow God to come, He will add the sparkle. Wait. Wait upon the Lord. Wait. Be still. And you will know that I am God. Father, I pray for us today that every single one of us, Lord, will not be in a hurry, but you would give us your grace to linger and to stay and to wait for you to come and begin to draw us into that secret place. We can't do this without you, Father. Everything is about you. It's about you, Lord Jesus. There is nothing that's instigated by us. It's all you, Lord. But I'm praying that as a church, Lord God, we would hover, we would linger, we would spend more time waiting upon the Lord so that he can empower and renew our strength so that we can mount up on wings as eagles, so that we can run and catch up and we can spend time just walking with him and never being weary. That, Lord, as people come to drink, as they come to draw upon the waters of this oasis, Lord God, we would not get tired of doing good. We would not get tired of being loved. We would not get tired of loving people, celebrating people, honoring people, being your hands and feet, Lord God, because we are in union with you, in communion with you, because we are in fellowship with you, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I believe we were born for such a time as this. I believe we were positioned right now for a thirsty land, for a thirsty people that need to come and drink. And I pray, Father, for your anointing and your presence would so come over this church, Lord God. And even as Holy Spirit, you're right now hovering. I want to declare into that space, Lord, that you bring form and shape to this congregation, to what we call to, Father, that we would, many would come to be filled and to drink, Lord God, and to be satisfied and to be nourished. Many would come and encounter you and your love, Lord God. Many would come, Father, that you would fill this house with your family, that many lonely hearts would come, Lord God, and be established in family. 
that, Lord, you would cause our land down the road to miraculously be transformed, where we can build our own home and have a place, Lord God, where we can meet together, Lord. But as that home has been built in the natural and bricks have been put upon brick, I thank you, Father, that these living stones are being built as well into a house that you can dwell in and abide in all the time, where this place can become the habitation of God, where every single person would receive and experience the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelling inside of them and can pour out and bless others as well, Lord. I ask this in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Let your kingdom come and your will be done, not by our might, not by our power, but by your spirit, says the Lord.